Hello and welcome to If Homeschool Walls Could Talk. I'm your host, Jenny Hahn. I started this podcast for like a lot of reasons, but one of them was that I wanted to meet more homeschoolers. I wanted to hear their stories. I knew that homeschoolers were diverse that they came to the choice to homeschool for a million different reasons, that there wasn't just this one stereotype of homeschooling. So that was one of the reasons. Another reason was I knew all these homeschoolers. I knew they were interesting. I knew their stories were different and I wanted to explore those stories and share them. Well, in this instance, this is different because these are teenagers who are being homeschooled right now. So it's not like they came to homeschool. They didn't really have a say in it at the beginning, but I wanted to hear about their story and what they thought about it. And I hope to do a lot more of these interviews. So if you are a teenager who is being homeschooled or has been homeschooled and you'd like to share about that experience, please email me. You can find me on Instagram at if homeschool walls could talk, or you can email me at homeschoolwalls at gmail.com. And I'd love to meet more of you and hear your stories. But let me tell you a little bit about who I'm interviewing today. Um, Zoe Norris is a family friend. I've taught her in a bunch of different classes. I've taught her in Shakespeare and our book discussion groups. And we have just had such great conversations. She's wonderful. And then the other is Lucy Hahn, who's my daughter, who I have taught a lot over the years, but also is, you know, one of my favorite people ever. And I knew that because they're such good friends, they would be really great to interview. They would have a lot of insights and things to share about their stories. And they it ended up being even better than I expected. They had so much self-awareness. They had so many insights in their experiences so far. They had processed a lot of things that they had made mistakes or needed course correction, things I hadn't even thought about or even knew about. And in my mind, I thought I knew what this interview would sound like, and it ended up being really different. And I was so excited to learn more about them. So I'm glad you are here today to hear this story, to hear this interview. And I love these young women. And I think by the end of the interview, you will love them too, because they're just amazing. So thanks for being on today. Welcome, Zoe and Lucy. I'm so excited to have you guys on the podcast today. And I'm wondering, how are you guys holding up with the stay-at-home order? How's it going? Pretty good. It's, oh, I should say I'm Lucy. I went from a very busy schedule to practically nothing in my schedule. So it's actually been a big relief and a big break for me. Cool. How about you, Zoe? Um, I think it it really greatly depends on the day. Like, some days it's like, hey, this is kind of nice that it's pretty quiet around our house and nothing's really going on. But most days it's like, I literally cannot wait for the day when I get to see my friends in person again. <laughs> yeah. And can the library and can, like, literally go anywhere that would be open. Literally anywhere. You're like, if it, it's like a paint store. I will go and look at paint samples, whatever it takes. (laughs) So Zoe, before we hit record, you were telling me about the idea that homeschoolers would have a really easy adjustment to the quarantine. You had some thoughts on that. So do you want to share some thoughts, share your story? Yeah. So that, according to the people who I have talked to and who have messaged me and my mom about it, it seems to be a very popular opinion that 
well, amongst people who do not homeschool and don't really have much experience with it, think like, oh, well, I mean, you're already homeschooled, so, I mean, staying at home all the time, like, shouldn't be much, like, that much of an adjustment, right? Like, I don't see why that would be any different. Um, but from me and our family and other people who homeschool, that is absolutely not how it works, <laughs> like, at all. It is so different and much more difficult to try to learn in these circumstances. So it's harder to learn. Like, are you just feeling more stress or it's because of so much of the learning that you do outside the home is gone? I think it's a mixture of both of those. Like part of it is I just a lot of the time feel like my concentration is kind of out the window. Um, I can't like focus on something uh, like one single thing for very long, which is kind of unfortunate. Um, I can't like study for a long time like how I normally can. Um, and also a lot of it is social like it might seem a little counterintuitive to some people but it is a lot of it is social like going to um, our our commonwealth like you've talked about before and going literally anywhere like hanging out with my friends and uh, going to places like the library there's people there and um, just seeing things I love it. You're like just seeing things, any of the just things. Being, yeah. Just <laughs> Can doing I just see anything side of this? Yeah, I'm feeling the pain for no library like a mm -hmm. lot. But what's funny, so Lucy, you really don't go to the library, but you just depend on us to go to the library for you, basically. I leech off your books. You what? off the books. Like, since I'm your daughter. <laughs> Um, Madeline and Charlotte will go to the library and get tons of books and then I'll just like read books here and there. So your supply is lacking too, because your supplier is not around. <laughs> it doesn't, can't renew their supply. Yeah, but I still have lots of school to do. So most of the books I'm reading are not from the library, actually. So you're doing Running Start, which is the program in Washington where you can start, uh, community college classes as a junior in high school and Zoe you just got into that program you'll start in the fall hey Zoe I did yeah yay I can register for my classes on the 27th I'm very excited about it I bet you're really excited are you kind of wishing you could start like next week <laughs> uh yes I am so bad at waiting like I am one of the most impatient people I know it's going to be really hard, especially after registering for classes. Then I just have to wait till like August when yeah. I can get my books and stuff and I can go school supply shopping. I don't know about you guys, but school supply shopping is one of the great joys in life for me. Heck yeah. Oh my it's goodness. My, my absolute favorite. So how are you both feeling? Because right now it looks like even this fall, most classes and things are still going to be online at least. So Lucy goes to Clark College in mm -hmm. our county. And Zoe, what's the name of the one that you'll be going to? It's Lower Columbia College. Lower Columbia College. Yep. So that, that's, they've already decided it's all going to be online this fall. How yeah. are you guys, how are you guys feeling about that? Well, right now my classes I'm taking currently are all online. So I have some experience with it, and it really seems like it just depends on the teacher as much as if you were on an in-person class. If you're going to have a good experience, you have to have a good teacher. I have 
one teacher who is really challenging me in a good way, and I have lots of work, and I have to dedicate a lot of time every week. And I have another teacher who has got it down, like, seamlessly, and it's just right, I think. It's a little easier than other classes because it doesn't have any math in it. <laughs> but I have a teacher who sort of either doesn't really know how to use technology well or just doesn't really feel like putting a lot of effort into it. And so um, it's really easy to get an A, but I wish that it was more challenging so that I could learn more. Yeah. So next fall, I'm going to be taking an ASL class and... That's American Sign Language. Yes, American Sign Language. Right. And I really hope it's going to be okay online because normally in ASL class that I've taken in the past at Clark, it's all in person, like every single day of the week, signing together. And it's almost like immersion. And it's a very good experience to get my brain like in the ASL setting. But I don't know how it's going to, it's going to be different. It can't be the same, but I hope it's as good online as it is in person. Yeah. How about you, Zoe? How do you feel about like that possibility that it all, that I know you've talked, been so excited to be in this program. I've talked to you about it in the past. I remember last year, like, is there any way I can do this a year early? <laughs> you know? So how do you feel about and that possibility? It's going to be online. Yeah. So I'm doing um, the classes that I've kind of picked out that I'm going to register on the 27th for are all online just because I knew that there's a huge possibility and basically guaranteed by this point that it's the fall quarter is going to be um, online. I was like, these classes are already online. I figured that that's just an easier transition that they don't have to figure out, well, this was supposed to be in person, but now we have to like figure how it's going to be online. And I didn't really want to have to deal with that. So I just chose all online classes anyway, but it's kind of disappointing um, because part of the whole college thing, at least for me, is going to classes and meeting different people on campus and meeting the different professors and like the whole social aspect of it. And so at least for fall quarter, there's there's not really any of that. Like I'll be doing my homework in our house with the same people I've been around since I was born. So that the social aspect, I'm a little sad about, but everything else, I'm unbelievably excited to be a college student. You have no idea. Oh, I have an inkling. We've talked. <laughs> that's, like, that's fair, actually. I think, no, I take that back. The listeners don't know how excited you are, but yeah. I definitely Yeah, I definitely for you guys do. out there, now you know. <laughs> Zoe is so excited. And Lucy, has it been... Like, where, how did you go into it thinking it would be like, how is it, like, has it met expectations? Has it surpassed? Has it fallen short? Like, what do you think after your first year of college classes? College in general, not online classes. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed it. It was more challenging than a lot of stuff I had done. Um, I really liked the experience of, like, going to school every day and, like, meeting people and, like, having a professor and being able to say to my friends, well, I have this big thing due because my professor says this or talking about my classmates, which is funny because I was in a homeschool group and I've participated in all sorts of things where I had classmates and I had teachers, but it was different to go onto a campus and have to figure out where all the different buildings are and which room it's talking about when it has a B next to the number, things like that. It was totally different from anything I experienced, but I really liked it and I liked the challenge of having more more exciting, more hard classes. 
That's cool. And that, that actually can help us kind of segue into this other question I have, which is, do you guys feel like you missed out on something by not having that traditional school experience? Cause you're saying, Oh, it's so fun to be able to be like, I have this thing do, I got to get that homework done. Like, do you feel like you missed out on some of that? Well, I, okay. So it's, it is fun to like have a professor and stuff, but it also was more stressful than anything I'd had before. So that aspect, I was, I, the way the college system is set up, you can only take three classes to qualify for the program. And when the first time I enrolled, I took two classes. And then this last quarter, I took three classes. And it was so much. It felt like so much, even though it was only two or three classes. I was like, I'm so busy. I have so much to do. I don't have a moment to spare for myself. And then it made me wonder how people go through public school where they have like six classes in high school. And I hear my friends talking about having to dedicate like hours of homework in the evenings. And I suddenly get it. I'm like, wow, you guys are really busy. And I'm kind of glad that I don't have that for all of my years of high school. It's just been my junior year so far because it's way harder it's like it really is stressful I don't know how people do six classes because I could just barely handle the three I had well I don't know if you can necessarily like it's not necessarily a straight across comparison either you know like a college level class is going to be more rigorous and there's going to be more expected of you and because you're in a a quarter system where you have one class for a quarter it's like what nine weeks ten weeks usually so that's a lot more crammed in. I don't know. It's not it's not like a straight one for one comparison, you know that's what I mean? True. But but yeah, these are this interesting. Zoe, what about you? What do you think? On like stuff I felt like I missed out on or the yeah. opposite. Yeah. Um yeah, I kind of feel the same as Lucy. I from the people that I know that have done public school through, you know, their whole school career and especially in high school is they have so much to do and basically like all of their free time has to go toward doing all of their homework because they go to school for how long do they go to school for I don't even know like seven hours a day something like seven that. hours something like that yeah so they go to school for like seven hours and then they come home and instead of being able to like eat dinner and like be home from school and just like hang out then you have to do so many hours of homework like there's so much work to be done um, and so I'm kind of glad that I'm missing out on that. And not that all of what I'm doing is, you know, not, it's like, whatever, it's pretty easy, but it's just not as much massive homework to be done, like, every single day. Like, that is a lot. So you guys, both of you, don't necessarily feel like you missed out on anything, but you're excited to do something different and challenging. Am I summarizing that? That's pretty about good. right. I mean, yeah. I have had plenty of, like, social time. Homeschoolers are social. But there there were some times when I wished I could go to school just because I knew that I had specific friends who were there with each other all day long, and I only saw them occasionally. And I, while I didn't want to be in a class with, like, hundreds of other people all day long, like if I was in an actual high school, I did wish that there was I could spend more time with some of my friends. And they would say, 
oh, this thing at school. Well, I guess you don't really know what that is. And like explain it to me. And so there was like this disconnect sometimes because I wasn't in their world very much. It was almost like, what if they'd had open lunch and you could have just shown up for lunch every day yeah. and hung out with all the people? Wouldn't that have been amazing? That would have been, really been amazing. But hmm. I definitely do not miss how school dances are described because I go to church dances, which are pretty big me events. Too. Yeah, Zoe comes with me a lot of the time. It's super fun. Yeah. Um, but school dances, they don't have any filters on the music or the behavior or the dress or anything. And I would be way too uncomfortable in that setting. So you're not feeling like you missed out on yes, that. Yes, that's right. Yeah, well, and the and we still, with the church dances, there's still, like, people and dances and socialization. So that's, I feel like, the most important part of a school dance anyway. The rest of it's just taken out. Yeah. Yeah. And dancing. That's fun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's the whole point. So let's talk about social lives and just how you guys have felt about your social life. I mean, outside of the last two months, pre, pre two months, last two months, have you felt like you've had enough social outlets or you wish you had more, or maybe it was, you're doing too much. I don't know. Just tell me what you think about that. I don't know. I feel like through, um, like, you know, what I can remember basically, um, I've had a pretty solid like friend group. Um, the last like couple of years though, I've kind of felt like I like I need to meet more people. Like I know all the people in the places that I go. Like and all those people are great. Like I love all my friends, but I feel like I need to meet more people and just like get new experiences and like what places do I go to though? Like I haven't figured out new outlets, but with the whole like college thing, assuming that we can actually be on campus at some point, I will meet new people there. Um, but as a, like, as a whole, I feel like I have a solid, um, friend group. So I feel like you've got this great core, but you, you wish you could expand your circle. You want it to be bigger. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What about you, Lucy? Um, for most of my life, I've had like plenty of time to spend with people. When I was a little, little kid, I didn't have like a best friend. And I remember thinking about it a lot. And then when we lived in North Carolina for a few years, I really bonded with someone who I think was in our homeschool circle because I think we joined a homeschool group there. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah. We knew them and they were, we knew them actually, their parents were friends with us back from college days, but they also homeschooled. So it was great. Yeah. So that was really fun. And that's also where you started teen nights, which are like, you're like, gosh, all the homeschool teens around here need to have a party now and then. So you threw parties for the teenagers in the hopes that they would like socialize with each other and then start throwing their own parties. But then that tradition carried over when we moved here, then we started throwing teen nights all the time. And it was it's just like the most fun thing. It's just a bunch of our friends and we have snacks and play games and sit around and chat and it's just like a nice relaxed party. And that was one of the things that I yeah. loved. Go ahead, Zoe. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say that those are still awesome. And it's probably the closest that I'm going to get to like a house party, quote unquote. <laughs> a house party where the moms are still in the kitchen the whole time. Yeah, a house party where it's like your friends and snacks and games 
but then like your moms are still there and there isn't any underage drinking which is good (laughs) (laughs) and those teen nights it's interesting because we don't always host them we only host like one a year really at our house all these different families take turns and hosting and zoe you had a soiree when you hosted i did it was so fun tell us what what that was all about what was that all about yeah so that was back in november right yeah was that this year because you were like that'll be my birthday party that's right that that was my um Wait, no, that wasn't last year. That was the year right. before. Yeah, because it was your, your 15th birthday. It was my 15th, yep. Um, it, yeah, it was, like, right before my 15th birthday. So, basically, over that summer, I decided – I the last couple years, I've been picking, like, a summer project to do, like, well, well over the summer so I don't just do nothing the entire summer because I think I would go crazy if I did that. <laughs> And so I, the last couple of years have been picking, you know, this is the thing that I'm going to do this summer to like fill up my time. And so that particular summer, I decided that I wanted to read War and Peace because I was like, I've never read this book before. And it's like the infamous, like huge book that like no one really ever reads. So I was like, okay, I'm going to read War and Peace. Like I haven't really heard people talk about it, um, like actually having read it and it you know it's a really big book it probably take probably will take me a while and so over that summer i read war and peace and i finished like right before school started again i think um and in that it's set in france and they had they had a lot of soirees which are it's like a fancy french word that's like dinner parties um and so then that november i was like well I mean, we're going to host this teen night, so I think it would be fun if we did, like, a soiree and we did it all fancy and we dressed fancy and um, we sent out, like, hand, um, hand-delivered, hand like, invitations and, like, did had it be, like, a whole thing. Because normally the teen nights are just very casual. Like, they, you know, we bring, like, Doritos and, you know, hang out. <laughs> and so it's not very, like, formal. But I was like, this one, we're, we're going to have it. We're going to make it, like, have a dress code. And so um, me and Lucy, actually, you helped me plan a lot yeah. of it. Um, we had a soiree. I was like, this, this is what we're doing. I got a, like, wax sealing kit off of Amazon. And so we, like, printed the invitations and I sealed them all with wax seals. And we, like, delivered them around our Commonwealth to all the friends that were going to be there. Um, and the ones that didn't go to our Commonwealth, we ended up like mailing them, um, but they still had the wax seal on them because that's the best part. <laughs> um, any letter sent with a wax seal is like a million times fancier than a regular letter. Oh, heck yeah. They totally anyway, got upgraded. Those are upgraded. Oh, yeah. the best. Anyway, yeah. So a long story short, we did and we ended up throwing this away. I had a very fancy dress on. Everyone had very fancy clothes on. And we had, we got little... Um, like dessert plates and fancy like champagne flutes that had sparkling apple juice in them don't worry you guys um and we just were like had a fancy dinner party and it was the best it's it was pretty epic that was an epic it was so fun and i went over to your house yeah that's right you did go yeah because we had to like set everything yeah we baked so much oh my goodness we tried to make petty boards and they were way too tall and they fell over, but they were really good. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. The other part of that was we made fancy food too, and we sent we had like a list of um like appetizers, and we had people sign up for what they were gonna bring, and like some different people brought some fancy appetizers, and yeah, we did. We tried really hard to make pedophores. They did taste good, but they were really tall and like not very supported. <laughs> so we had to put like six toothpicks in each one to get them precariously <laughs> yeah. like balanced on the plate. Um, but it was really fun, and we ate a lot of cake, and I got really sick. <laughs> oh, no. But that's beside the point. I was fine for the party. To speak on scheduling for a second, though, um, I had gone to a concert that like the night before i had gotten back from a concert at like 12 12 or 1 like that morning um and then had to spend the rest of that day planning for my evening party on like zero hours of sleep basically and so i was exhausted like an hour into it so um don't do that it was still really fun like both the concert was really fun and the soiree was awesome but if you're ever gonna plan a soiree don't go to a concert beforehand because you will be so tired by like halfway through it's not not don't do that that's good this advice. Is a cautionary tale yeah. <laughs> great advice that's awesome yeah we've had a lot of fun with those teen nights that's something of course we've lost in the last few months and yeah i'm really hoping that's yeah i guess we'll just see we'll just see it'll be back we just don't know when you know one of yeah the- which that's the fun things of just having to wait which is again one of my like weakest points Ugh, is hard. yeah it's rough it's just waiting and waiting like indefinitely so let's talk about just you guys' experiences with um, how you're perceived as a homeschooler. So I have, I want Lucy to first tell a story about when she was first kind of going to like church dances or even introducing herself to people and what you would tell people about where you went to school, Lucy. Oh my. Um, well, it would depend on the on the scenario, sometimes I told people I went to a boarding school and I would make up names sometimes of what it was called and they would be like, I've never heard of that. And like, yeah, I bet you haven't. Uh, One particular time was not at a dance, but I was on a hike with some friends in my church group and I was like on the, we were all spread out over the trail. So I was just with one girl mostly. And she's like, so wait, where do you go to school? Because I don't know where you go to school. And I was like, um, it's sort of this, it's a really unique place. And I started describing my house, but making it sound like a school. Like, I have to do ditches if <laughs> I have bad grades. And Which isn't even it's true. It's not true. I don't have to do ditches for bad <laughs> grades. I just, they, we don't even grade each other. That's not how it works. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so I, I'm like, we have, like, animals we have to take care of as part of the school. Um the classes are all different ages. Like there'll be like a six-year-old and a, you know, all our, the ages of my siblings. <laughs> and I had her going for so long and I thought it was so funny, but in retrospect, it was a little unkind. <laughs> but at the very end, I made up some name, like King Boarding School or something like that. And she's like, okay, wait, this is just insane. I never knew you went to boarding school. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm homeschooled. So, and she would like, 
she's like, oh, I, I get it. And she laughed a little, but I was like, hmm, maybe that wasn't the best choice. But I would get tired of telling people oh, I was man. homeschooled um, at dances because then they would sort of, they're like, oh, oh yeah, goodness. I know. I know you. I'm like, no, you don't. You don't know me just because you know I'm homeschooled. You don't know anything about me. So. That's so sad. No one's told me, like, oh, I know all the, all I need to know about you now that you said you're homeschooled at, da- at a dance before. It's not that exact word, but they're just sort of like, oh, oh. Like, I'm like, I oh, don't know what you're yeah, thinking, I've but that. I don't like the way you said that and looked at me. Mm-hmm. One time recently, right before everything was shut down, I was... It was after like one of my finals and I was just sitting with my friend in a hall before I had class in like a little while. So we were just talking with each other and there was some girls sitting on a table near us and they were just talking really loudly and everyone else was talking quietly so we could hear everything they were saying. And it was kind of sad because they're like, now this is the thing about homeschoolers. They're just bad at things. They don't know how to do stuff. They're not social. They don't know how to talk to people. And they're just like, when they talk, they just say weird stuff. They don't know how to speak like a normal person. And I just, I was so mad. I wanted to go over it and be like, really? They don't know how to speak normally? That's so odd. Tell me more about these crazy alien homeschoolers. And then be like, guess what? You're just talking to one. But I didn't. (laughs) And I really wanted to yell something at them. But then that would just, you know, perpetuate the stereotype that I didn't know how to interact with people. Uh, So I just like kind of glared at them for a few seconds and they didn't notice and they just carried on with their conversation about how homeschoolers were so weird and you know it's interesting because now there's the opposite that is happening like I will see a bunch of homeschool kids sitting around talking badly about public school kids yeah I see that too and I'm like have we learned nothing people like have we learned nothing that this doesn't feel good to hear people say such blatant, you know, blanket statement statements about what it's like to be yeah. one thing or another. But I just think this is just a reaction. Like the pendulum is just swinging too far the other way. Yeah. People you know, will we say have, like, yeah. my public school friends don't know how to discuss things intelligently or. Yeah. Which is just not even true. Right. Yeah. And mean. So it's like. Yeah. Because you can't, whenever you like reduce a whole group of people to one little soundbite, it's totally unfair. Are there homeschoolers who don't know how to don't know how to have a discussion? Of course there are. You know, like that that stereotype comes from somewhere. You know, but there's public schoolers who don't know how to have a discussion, or you know what I mean. Like it's and there's public schoolers who have great education and they're like super happy, and school was just right for them. Yeah, exactly. It's not all one way or another. Like, there's so much gray area that blanket statements, like, don't work at all. Yeah. And it's, people are just too nuanced, you know? Like, yeah. Like, you guys don't appreciate that stereotype at all. And that was my next question is, what are the stereotypes that you guys experience? And Lucy's shared that story, you know? But I know, because we've talked about this a lot in our classes that we've taken, and I feel like one of the reasons why I keep bringing it up when I am teaching teens is I want, I feel like there's a lot of processing that needs to happen. You know, kids <laughs> say this, this really hurt and I'm trying to figure this out. And, and also so that we don't flip and do the opposite. 
and are now talking bad about everybody else. Like, what does, what does that even serve? Like the whole idea is for everybody to understand each other, not for one person, one group, you know, philosophy to assert its dominance, correctness. Yeah. It's dominance on the other, but yeah, I mean, have you guys experienced a lot of that? Like over the years? I I wouldn't say like a lot, but there's definitely been a couple of people whenever I'm like, oh yeah, I'm homeschooled. And they just go, hmm, okay. Like basically like what Lucy was saying, oh, I already know literally everything I need to know about you because you're homeschooled and like refuse to listen after that. Um, And there were a couple of people just in different places. Like the girl I sat next to through most of my driver's ed class went to um a christian boarding school and she asked me where i went and i was like oh well i'm homeschooled and she was like oh uh okay and like didn't really say anything else to me which was unfortunate but did it hurt um, yeah did it feel hurtful um no i (laughs) like not really because i had only talked to her like once beforehand so i wasn't really very attached and I had heard that, like, enough up to that point to be like, oh, yeah, sometimes people react like that. And I was able to just brush it off. But, um, I mean, sometimes, like, different people have been like, so how do you have friends? <laughs> and that is kind of, like, insulting. I'm like, the same way anybody else makes friends. Like, I'm not locked in my closet 24 hours a day. I can <laughs> promise you. Like, I make friends the same way anybody else does. I met some people in my driver's ed class. I've gone to youth group at our church before. Like, I meet friends there. I go to, like, different library activities. I have people there. We go to our Commonwealth school. I have friends there. Like, I meet people. It's not just, oh, yeah, you're homeschooled, so that means that you're just in your house 24-7 and you never leave, ever. It's interesting because that's that's a common question that, parents like homeschool moms ask each other like public school versus homeschool is how do you help your kids have friends like what do you have to do and for a lot of people I've talked to they're like I just don't want to make that much effort to go and seek out organizations so my kids can have friends like seek out those opportunities I just want to be able to send them to school and know that they're gonna find a friend and you know that they have a point, right? Like it takes, it makes effort. Think about it the does, effort it yeah. is to go to those classes and go to those. Whereas hopping on the bus and going to school, that's pretty effortless for your mom if that's what you were doing, you know. But at the same time, you also then are not really picking your friends. You're stuck with whoever it is you happen to be in class with, you know. So there's yeah. there's ups and downs, but I think that's where those kids are coming from. Is they're like, how can you find friends when school is the default? For finding friends right and i i guess i can get that it definitely takes a lot more effort to seek out and to find people to be friends with and to be around when you're homeschooled and you're not just at school around a bunch of people all day um but one of the things about public school is that you're in classes with people who are in the same grade as you who are roughly the same age as you and so you can only unless you're on purpose seeking out different people if you're just around for you're around, then you're only with around people who are the same age as you. So then you can only make friends that are 
in your same grade, which kind of limits like the experiences you can have, I feel like. Yeah, that's totally true. I think. What about you, Lucy? Um, Sorry, go ahead. It just made me think of our one of our very first Commonwealth classes that we had, which was our Shakespeare class, because that's where our where our main friend group started, Zoe and I, and like quite a handful yeah. of other people. And I think we are such good friends because we could like be a little bit vulnerable, and it was a safe place because we didn't know how to feel about Shakespeare and we had to act in front of each other and do like these vocal exercises that were kind of silly and embarrassing sometimes but we had this we had made it a safe place with each other and so we just really bonded and I'm not sure if that happens very often in public school I don't know for sure I know that like some people will be like this class everyone in this class is just so fun to be around or maybe a different extra extra extracurricular activity like cross country or theater or something but I definitely like that we had a safe place and then we all really bonded together to be really good friends that class in general the Shakespeare class in general is just it's very special like I feel like out of all the classes that we have it's it's the glue that holds all those you know, those kids, those teens together. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that first year in Shakespeare was probably both the hardest and probably the best also, just because all of these people were all coming together. And I know, at least for me, I had to be basically bribed to be there because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there's no way I am going to go in front of like people I have never met before in my entire life and have to like act and do fun, like funny things in front of them. And so I think my mom and I had a deal where if I went to the first, I think it was like three or four classes. And if I still hated it, then I didn't have to go anymore. But if I liked it, then I had to stay in. Um, and sure enough, it, we opened up pretty quickly, I feel like, um, and, and I, I did end up liking it. And you were in many plays after the fact, too. That wasn't the only one. You kept coming back for more. Yes. Yeah, I kept, kept, kept coming. I remember that age, like 12-ish was when I started, I think. And mm-hmm. at the time, the ward I was in, like the church we were at, I just like felt really lonely a lot of the time and also was going through that 12 to 13 year old phase where you're just like constantly angsty on purpose and like oh I've I've blocked out most of my 12 13 14 I don't remember most of it because I think my brain is saving me from the embarrassment (laughs) I literally like do not remember my mom will be like yeah that's something that happened I think you were like 13 and I was like oh I don't remember being 13 I just I blacked it out. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. The 12 to 13 is just really hard. And yeah, I remember that's also um, when I sort of realized I had some food sensitivities. And I couldn't eat certain things without getting sick. And being a angsty 12 to 13 year old, it just was like the most dramatic and horrible thing that could have possibly happened to me. And I did feel alone, like, mm-hmm. when I was with people who were all eating donuts or something, then I'd be like, well, I can't eat that. And then I would just, like, instead of just, like, being like, you know, I can't eat it, but I'm going to sit here because they're my friends, I would, like, go sit in a corner 
and like try not to cry and think about how horrible my life was <laughs> and then as I got older I managed things better and I got less lonely but being in Shakespeare really helped my confidence all of a sudden I was like actually wait I can I can act sort of and I can understand Shakespeare like the first when you first read it it's like this is gibberish but like watching it and like spending it and it, when you learn anything that seems a little hard and then you suddenly realize you can learn it you just suddenly feel really smart and like capable of accomplishing something so Shakespeare like I was like whoa I can do things I can read Shakespeare I can even enjoy Shakespeare and I can act Shakespeare and then I just yeah it gave me a huge confidence boost that was such a real like paradigm shift from being like I am mad at everything because I am 12 and going from that to like hey actually you know I am good at some things and I have these people that I consider my friends and um everything like that it was a huge like awesome paradigm shift to have what's interesting to me is that we didn't offer this class because we had all these kids who wanted to be in a in a production in a play like we didn't have all these like drama kids you know what I mean like out of everybody who was in that first class we had one kid we had 16 12 to 18 well I guess our oldest one was 16 maybe 17 I'm trying to remember but there was one who was like I really want to be in a play nobody else wanted to be in a <laughs> play and it's really the class yep. it's, it wasn't about drama it wasn't about learning to be an actor, though we do actors training. We do talk about a lot of that. And now, you know, I've taught the class four times and I can still think of two kids who really want to be actors or directors out of the however many have been through that class. Because it's really not even about that. It's not about you know, being an actor, it's about that bonding you guys experience and thinking deeper and building confidence. That's what the whole class is about. So it it's so gratifying to hear you yeah. guys say this thing. I'm like, oh, good, mission accomplished. Right. I'm glad. Yeah. And That's as an added cool. bonus, then you get to be in a cool play and you also get to understand Shakespeare, which is something that a lot of people can't say. Yeah. That's like my favorite compliment when we'll hear that we'll hear from adults or anybody after the play is wraps every year is we'll always have somebody come up and say, they, you can tell they know what they're saying. You can tell they, they understand what, mm -hmm. what they're saying. And I'm like, that's like the nicest thing you could possibly say. Or like also awesome is when they're like, I sort of understood what was going on. Like it made sense. And I was following the storyline and I'm like, Oh, and I want to clap for joy. Even if it were yeah, just in I did like, my job. <laughs> even if it were just in like colloquial like English, like we would understand, the plots are still really convoluted and confusing. Yeah. <laughs> so it's crazy. Like, I mean, we only perform comedies, you know, we study tragedies, mm -hmm. we study comedies, but we only perform the comedies because those are the fun ones anyway. And there's always like right miss you know people mistaking for each other and dressing up like each other and there's just so much crazy oh, so many fake uh, yeah. fake deaths and 
I think Midsummer that first year still holds a very special place in my heart. Yeah. How come? Just because it was the first one? Um, I don't know. I think just because it was it was the first one that was such like a pivotal experience in like my whole scholar journey, I think. Um, and also because that was like kind of the the thing that we did like at the end of that first year after we were all somewhat comfortable like with each other um going from I will absolutely not be in this like you can't make me to being like yeah I mean this is you know this is fun and I you know think these people are my friends and this is a good group to have and um a good support group I guess would be a better word to to have to support me through whatever um and also um that play is just really fun just in general and the way that we did it I think to look back on is hilarious um and we still to this day quote the whole scene when um isn't it in Midsummer when Kobe just dies for like 10 minutes oh my gosh yes Yes. that yeah yeah. we still quote that to this day and that was however many years ago it was really funny it was it was amazing I wanted to talk about math a little bit. My math journey has been very interesting. <laughs> yeah, talk about that. Okay. Yeah, Zoe too, because I know your math journey has been a little different. Mm-hmm. So um, learning math as a homeschooler is nice because you can switch what you're doing and just, like, there were so many times where, like, this doesn't work. Let's just stop doing it and try a different way. But also mom really you were trying not to like force me to do math like because it didn't work when you tried it just I wouldn't do it um but to back up a little bit like when I was in first grade I was kind of ahead so I got to go to the second grade math and I remember feeling like really smart for it but unfortunately my teacher was not very um encouraging and so then, so this you were you were at a charter school. This is when you were still in school, yeah, not homeschool. This is when I I went to yeah. kindergarten and first grade. And in first grade, I took second grade math, and my teacher was kind of hard to be around, and it just made it really miserable. And I sort of wonder if my childhood experiences have scarred me slightly in that regard. Um, but then I was just like, math is the worst. I don't want to like do math because my teacher is so hard. Um, and then I was homeschooled and we didn't really worry about it too much. And we did one program, Matthew C for like a long time. And then we switched to life of Fred. Like we just switched through a lot of different things, but they reached a point where I, I think it was also when I was 12 ish that I was just like, I'm done. I'm never doing math again. There's no purpose to it. And then of course there would, be an adult in my life who would play the don't you see how you're gonna use math game with me I'd be like I'll just do something that never needs math like but every human in the world needs math and we would just go on for a little while trying to think of something and I never liked that because it just felt like they didn't really care about how frustrated I was with it um and they just wanted to prove to me that I should do it anyway um yeah (laughs) and then I think I have like a little bit of anxiety about math too because when I would someone would be like well let's just do the problem together just answer this simple question and they'd ask me like something that was just so basic like I shouldn't know it off the top of my head and I normally would 
but I just would forget it like instantly and then I'd be like wow I'm really dumb and they must think I'm dumb because I can't remember what this little thing is and it's like kindergarten math and then I couldn't think of anything because I was so I was spiraling inward with how bad I felt and I was like I'm just bad at this and I just can't do it and I was very fixed mindset about it and that it was really unpleasant to try and do math because like all these things going on inside my head and so then I just stopped doing it for like two years so my little first grade head start into second grade math did me no good because by the time I started running start I had to take a test to get in and it was a math placement test and an English placement test and on the English one Afterwards, they emailed me and told me they were, like, so impressed by my essay that I wrote. And I was like, yeah, I'm the best. I'm such a great writer because they're so excited about this. And I felt like I did a good job, too. And then the math test, I <laughs> scored so bad I didn't qualify for their math classes that they normally would pay for free because I was too low. I So to get an associate's, I have to take, like, one math class because that's the whole point of this Running Start program is to get an associate's. And I had to take the math class that was, like, below the normal level that I should be at. And it was kind of humbling. And it was just, like, um, a pre-algebra class, I think, or algebra. Yeah, it was algebra. And it challenged me, and I learned a lot. And the worst part was that I had to pay for it all myself. And not only did I learn math, but I also learned that I needed to have better study habits because some of many of the classes I'd been in, most the main homework was like writing a paper or um, watching a video and then writing your thoughts on it. And I'm writing comes more naturally to me. So I didn't have to put a ton of effort into writing those things. And then on tests, it would like evaluate if I remembered reading from the textbook and reading also is more natural to me. So my class, I'm like, okay, you know, this is challenging, but I can do it. And I never studied for any test because I could always pass them because I just remembered what I had read. And then when I had a math class, it wasn't the same at all. Reading a math equation or a formula is not the same as reading a textbook about a Stanford prison experiment or what have you. So I realized the week before finals that I was going to fail the class and lose all the money that I had to spend on it. Like a lot of money. I don't spend that much money on anything else. And I had spent it all in this class because I decided I wanted my associates. And I was like, I'm going to lose all this because I never study for tests and I'm failing. And it was like the scariest thing. And I cried a lot. And then I just, I talked to my teacher and she told me that if I get a good enough grade, I will pass because of how they drop your lowest exam. And I was like, maybe it's possible. And I talked to my parents about it a lot. And I thought about it. And this was all like a week before the test. And I just like made a list of everything I could possibly do to help me pass it. And I did a lot of studying and a lot of reviewing and practicing and a lot of praying, like praying all the time. And then when it finally came to the point where I took the test, that was when things were starting to shut down. And that was the last real social thing I went to. And our desks were all spaced out in different rooms, which wasn't normal because we had to be socially distant while we took our tests. And it was a really weird experience to go from like 
all this stressful studying and hurrying around and then like I don't know it was just surreal like walk in and everything is so separate and sit down and just quietly take the whole test and I didn't realize that it was split into two parts and I did the harder part first and then I was like running out of time the second part was like way easier so it wasn't that hard this is kind of a lot of detail on my math test but it was like a really big deal for me and I ended up passing and not losing my money and I will never forget that I have to study for tests I'm really glad story yeah what I just was thinking you've obviously put a lot of thought into this because I haven't made that connection between that terrible teacher. I mean, Lucy's like, she wasn't the best. She was mean and she picked on Lucy and basically said things like, oh, you think you're some kind of smarty pants because you're in this classroom. She was seven. Like, what is wrong with this person to single out a seven-year-old, you know? But I'd never made that connection of that, like, shaming experience from first grade. I guess you were six, six and then seven giving you this like bad taste in your mouth about math that then like accumulated over time. And I'd never put that all together, man. If I could go back in time and just let you stay in first grade math, that's what I should have done (laughs) or just homeschooled you the whole time. Well, it was definitely hard to find what worked because I mean, we switched between so many different things, Khan Academy, Matthew C, Life of Red, a bunch of random online stuff. Like, I still haven't found a math system that, like, I really just get and I can do. It just is a lot of work to find what works. Well, and I think that if instead I said, why is it, what are, what's going on in your head when you do math? Basically, it sounds like it was just super triggering every time you did math. I think the best thing we did was just leave it alone for a while. I'm sorry that it ended up being so much harder later, though. Well, thanks, but it was also, like, kind of my fault for refusing to do math for two solid years, because I felt guilty the whole two years as, like, I really should be doing math, but I could never, like, make myself do it, and it was, like, partially my pride. I was like, no, I refuse. I won't do it, but um, I, I was responsible for that, and I definitely paid for it, and now I have learned. Well, you're young enough, those kinds of mistakes are still repairable, you know, and the things you've learned are valuable things that are going to help you the rest of your life. Like studying for tests. Yeah. What about you, Zoe? I remember your mom telling me about your summer of math. Was that last summer? Yeah. So mine isn't quite as harrowing as Lucy's is, but... I mean, I, let's see. So I've been homeschooled ever since I've been in school. So I haven't had any like terrible teacher experiences or anything. Um, Well, actual like in school teachers, at least. No offense, mom. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You're saying you've had a horrible teacher experience with your mother? Uh, no. (laughs) You're like, I'm not saying that. Uh, <laughs> it I sounded better in my head. <laughs> no, it's okay because I have been an awful teacher at various points to my children. So, and I'm sure your mom will laugh very hard when she hears that. So, no worries. Anyway, moving on. Oh, I'm sure. Okay. So, anyway, um, yeah. So I've been homeschooled like my entire school career. I guess you call it that. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I think so, if I'm remembering correctly. Tell us, tell us about your math journey. I don't know what it is like now, but when I used it then, it was basically just like rapid fire math questions. Like you'd be like, I'm roughly in this grade. Like I want to learn about these math topics. And they'd be like, okay. And then they would throw up like flashcards kind of things. Um, and then would like fire like multiplication and division questions at you. That's where I was at the time I was learning like multiplication and division, like basic arithmetic stuff. And so they would like rapid fire questions at you. Um, it was like, you know, a three minute timer and then it would just like give you so many questions. You had to type in the answer and then get as many as you could before the timer was up. And that was the most stressful thing I've ever experienced, like math wise. I just, I do not like extra math at all. Um, it stressed me out a lot because uh, it was so like rapid fire questions are not my strong suit. I do not do not like extra math so we did that for a while didn't really like that so we're like okay we have to think of something else to do um and again this is like 12 13 14 i've blocked a majority of those years out of my brain so i don't know what happened honestly it's all like a blur like you'd have to ask other people who were there i don't remember um but yeah, so my summer of math, if we're going to talk about that, yeah, my summer of math, I decided the end of that school year, I was like, I'm, I feel like I'm behind in where I'm supposed to be at. And so this is my math or my summer project for this year is I'm going to work on math. And so that's what I did. I took the like state test before that. And I was like a couple grades below where I was supposed to be at for my like age and, um, I keep doing quotes in the air, but you can't see them, quote unquote, like <laughs> level at that time. And so that's what I did. I was like, okay, my summer project this year is to do math. And so I think like every day that summer I went through, I did, I did the Khan Academy stuff, which for a majority like works really well for me because it's very organized in the way that it's set up. Um, Cause you can do it like, okay, I'm doing sixth grade stuff and it'll go through, okay, these are the things you learned in the sixth grade. And it goes through each of the topics and it has like videos on the specific things and you can like take tests and stuff. And so that's what I did basically like the entire summer was like every day I just worked through the different grade levels and I got up to, I think like a grade behind where I was supposed to be. I improved like a whole bunch and I felt really confident in all the math stuff. Um, and then through this year, I think I got up to like pre-algebra stuff, like eighth, like seventh, eighth grade stuff. And so then this year, this like school year, I've been doing more like actual high school stuff. And it's more important to me now because um, I'm going to need to be taking like the entrance tests um, to get up to college level math um, so I can get my degree and everything and don't have to pay for math classes um, like Lucy was talking about. And so um, I still have been using Khan Academy because that's worked really well for me. Um, and if for whatever reason it happens sometimes where the video on Khan Academy doesn't really make sense in my brain at all, then I say, okay, and then go to YouTube. And there are a couple different people on YouTube that have videos that like nine out of 10 times make a lot more sense than like whatever was on Khan Academy. And so it's like, okay, if this thing doesn't work, then I will try doing 
um, watching these other videos, and if these other videos don't really make any sense, then I'll go and try to find different math websites that explain it differently, um, until I do enough problems to understand, like, the topic, and then I can move on after that. Um, I'm really insanely stubborn, and in this case, it works out really well, because if I get, like, 90% in whatever sub depth that I'm learning, then I'm like, no, I have to do it again until I get 100%. Um, so I know stuff really well. And so it's kind of a good thing in that regard, but also sometimes kind of a bad thing because I like can't move on. Even if I get like 99 and a half percent, I have to do it again. And that's kind of detrimental um, to my learning and being like frustrated. Um, yeah, but I mean, that that can be a good or a bad thing right like yeah. trying and trying I to know all the things versus being stuck in this kind of perfectionist tornado <laughs> you know? yeah oh my gosh perfectionist tornado like describes me to a t honestly <laughs> but what i love about your story is just how you really advocate for yourself you're going this isn't working i don't understand okay pivot find a different resource because as like a homeschool mom and people I I'm getting approached about homeschooling way more often now because mm -hmm. so many people are already home. They're looking at what the condition, the conditions might be in the fall and going, okay, maybe I want to homeschool. And that the number one concern is math. Yeah. The number one, like what, how do we make sure that they stay up at their grade level for math? And I always think, wow, they don't, they don't know. They shouldn't ask me because <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's super not important to me that they're at grade level but I just I think I'm gonna like just refer them to this podcast and say look how about you raise a kid who can learn from their mistakes who mm -hmm. can seek out resources to help them understand like those to me are more valuable like skills to learn and oh definitely you know, when Lucy was going through her anti-math, oh my gosh, so much anxiety uh, for for her dad and I. Like, we were just dying. It was so hard. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, and and yet we're, we're so proud of you, Lucy, that you took the math class, that you worked that hard, that you learned from your mistakes, that you came and asked for help, you know, all these things you learned from it. And then I look at you, Zoe, and I'm like, man... Like combine both of your powers together. Aww. You know, the the humility and you know the acknowledgement and the the growth mindset that you're able to cultivate, and then Zoe and your tenacity and advocating for yourself and saying this is what I want, and I will keep seeking out a way to learn it. Like those those are life skills. Like eventually they're going to make a calculator that you can just hold it over any math problem and it'll answer it. Like, and I all mean, this rote stuff that we're just forcing ourselves to learn and memorize, it's going to be obsolete. That is eventually going to happen. But those skills that you guys were applying to math, we're always going to need those. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> like, uh, like, I don't know. I am really bad at taking compliments. So thank you. Thank, um, you. thank you is the correct answer. So good job. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think that's like hugely my learning style. And again, it's kind of 
both really good in some ways and both really detrimental in others where I'll be like, um, I want to learn about this. And then I'm like, okay, how do I learn about that? And then like find and compile all of the resources and ways that I can learn it and then just like do it and not really um, just like having all the resources and then just learning it. Um, and sometimes that's really good and being really uh, like stubborn and stuff like math is awesome at least for me I feel like that's that's such a good thing to be like I'm gonna learn how to do this like it might take forever but I'm gonna learn how to do it um, eventually and in stuff like like math like I just said works out great but then in stuff like trying to learn an instrument doesn't really work out as well because I'm like okay I want to learn how to play the guitar and then it gets so a little bit overwhelming because I'm like, well, I already want to know like right off the bat how to play that cool thing. Um, and then trying to learn that cool thing without any background to all of the things that like make up that cool thing is kind of frustrating because going back and having to be like, okay, first I have to learn, you know, these scales and these chords and all of this theory stuff that's really important first to then go back and do it and not just be able to go from step one which is I decided I want to learn about this to like step 30 which is play the cool thing that I want to play so it's part of that not liking liking to wait yes it's hugely part of just want it to happen impatient yeah that's interesting because in my head I was like well Zoe just doesn't want people to tell her what to do that's what I always thought it was, is that you were just like, no, I just want to teach this to myself. I don't want other people dictating to me what to do. But it sounds like it's more like, this is going to take too long. <laughs> I want to do the thing. Yes. Which that's why I've like off and on been playing guitar and off and on been playing, you know, like piano. Because I'm like, well, I want to already know how to play this piece. I don't want to have to go back and, you know, learn finger exercises or whatever the heck. Like, I want to know how to play that already. Hmm, And so it's kind of like a perfect storm of being both really impatient, but also really stubborn, (laughs) like, at the same time. (laughs) It's kind of both, like, awesome that I refuse to quit, but also really terrible, like, for me just in general to refuse to quit on anything. You know, you're 16 and you're super self-aware. It's going to work out. You're going to figure it out. Like both of you, I'm just like, wow, you guys have so much self-awareness that I did not pe- like possess at 16 and 17 years old. Like it's this, I'm in awe. It's awesome. Oh, thanks. But let's see. I don't remember really any of like my early math stuff, but I remember about probably about the time I was that first year of Shakespeare, like a lot of things happened that year, I guess. Um, That year, I, up to that point, hadn't really cared a whole lot about math. And so as a result, I was kind of behind, like where um, the rest of people like around my age and in my like grade, quote unquote, like would be at. And so we started trying to find different school programs. And for a while I was doing one I can't even remember what it's called right now but it was set up very similar to like a public school at home like you had your separate classes and each of those classes had a lesson and then they had like 
homework questions and you had to, you know, write essays and things like that. Um, and for the math, it was kind of like that. And that didn't really work out for me very well. I just got kind of annoyed. Um, and then we did something called extra math, which do you guys know about that? I've heard of it. It's not just a website. So my last question is, do you feel like being homeschooled has affected your love life? Or lack of. (laughs) Now, this is interesting. Or lack of. (laughs) Well, I mean, Uh, right? Like your potential for dating and, you know, being in relationships. And I know, I already know what Lucy's going to say, and that's okay. You can say it. But having more interaction with the people you're interested in. Okay. Well, (laughs) I'm trying to think of what exactly it is. Maybe that you don't let me have a boyfriend like that's your rule is that what you're thinking of (laughs) well because it's has to do with like a committed relationship not we don't want you to talk to boys right Right? like we don't want you to be in a committed relationship where you don't date other people at all we want you to date a lot we want you to date like twice a weekend you know but do you feel like besides your parents and their crazy rules (laughs) do you feel like being homeschooled is an obstacle to having romantic relationships? It's hard to say because, um, okay, well, I will say that when I went to college, I was interacting with a lot of different boys way more often and also some of them hit on me. And so that's a definite clear difference from when I was homeschooled to still being homeschooled, but also going to a college where all of a sudden there was like attention from boys and it freaked me out because I'm like, you don't know I'm 16 years old, which I was at the time. I'm like, you guys are like 20, go away. <laughs> um, but even within like being homeschooled, you know, there was still interaction with boys and there was flirting and drama and that sort of thing. Um, so I think it depends on how much effort you put into meeting new boys because going to those dances that we go to, I met tons of boys flirted with some even like sometimes I would dance with one like three times in a row and then later see them in like this other place and like talk to them and so then it was like more of a sustained thing so I think once I started going to dances I had way more I had more of a love life I guess not that I really ever had a real relationship but there was way more opportunity and way more interaction with boys so that's the main difference I guess so being a, having more acts like going to dance social events where there were more boys, that made the difference. Yeah. So it wasn't necessarily being homeschooled, but being just in my homeschool group didn't give me as many interactions with boys as when I started going to college classes and all of a sudden there was guys everywhere, inescapably. So do you feel like, so what I guess what I'm asking both of you is, do you feel like you missed out on something? as far as having more relationships and having more of that romantic drama and all those things, what, what do you think? I don't think necessarily, at least so far that I've like missed out on all of the, like the drama and the um, general like flirting and love and stuff like that. Um, Because I feel like if I were in, I guess, like a public school setting rather than a homeschooled setting. Um, I think that just from what I know about people who are in those settings, there are so much like 
love that's I mean quote unquote I guess but that's happening like at such a young age I feel like that's not like really what I want and so like technically like yes I've missed out because I haven't done it but I'm not like sad about it um because that reminds me of a very specific circumstance in which I was like 12 I think at the time and um one of the the people that I was with that was around my same age was like so like what school do you go to I go to so-and-so school and I was like oh well you know I'm homeschooled um and they were also like 12 or 13 they were my same age and they're like oh so you haven't any haven't had any boyfriends huh and I was like well no but also I'm 12 like <laughs> doesn't mean just because I'm homeschooled doesn't mean I haven't had any boyfriends it's because I'm 12 and I don't think anyone should be dating at 12 but okay and she like went on this whole story about how she had had like four and was like showing me text conversations of like the last time her boyfriend got mad at her and it was like a whole thing um and so I think I'm glad I missed out on that um but also just in general I don't think I'm a very like flirty person just ever like I think it definitely goes back to the the social aspect aspect of it I know less people so therefore I have you know less interactions with people that I would be interested in dating um and so that's kind of part of it I guess um technically maybe it's because I'm homeschooled or maybe it's just because I'm generally introverted so even if I was in public school I wouldn't be going that many places anyways it's hard to Um, know right like yeah I can't say yeah you have I have what ifs all the time you know you can't really know for sure you just have to do your best (laughs) I have a couple of things to say um on this I mean like outside of homeschooling you have a specific rule for our family mom where we can't have social media. And I think that has hindered my love life just a little bit. I mostly think of like a couple specific instances where I would like meet a guy and flirt with him a little. And then he would ask for my social media and I'd be like, I don't have any, but I have a phone number and an email. And he'd be like, Oh, see you around or something. Never saw him again. Um, (laughs) And just like once or twice that ever happened, but it was like kind of sad. And I was like, I mean, normally I don't want social media that bad, but now I, like, really do because I feel like I just missed out on something. Like, one specific time when it happened, then there was, like, me and another girl, and we were both, like, talking and kind of flirting, and he asked for both of ours, and I didn't have any, and she did, and he's like, oh, well, I'll see you, but, like, glad to have your info, other girl, and, like, smile, and then he left, and I was like, oh, that was so sad. So you feel like more that our rule about no social media has affected your love life than it was <laughs> being homeschooled. Yeah, but I think being homeschooled also had its own role, though it's hard to say what did what. You know, like, I probably would have gone to dances if I was public schooled or homeschooled. <laughs> well, Lucy, because you really like clear boundaries too, right? Yeah. Like, I think all kids do. I think all kids do, but yeah, I love it because no, sure. you will get after us if we're not being clear. You know, you'd be like, you are unclear on this. <laughs> And I appreciate that because sometimes I am unclear because I don't know. And I'm like, uh, you know, whatever. So 
clear is kind. A friend of mine just told me that last night. Clear is kind. And I agree. Yep. Clear rules and boundaries are always appreciated. Yeah. So anything else, any other stories or anything you guys want to tell? Yeah. I forgot about dances as like a form of meeting people, which I haven't gone to one. It feels like in literally forever. So I like don't even remember properly, but um. But yeah, there's been a couple times at, at dances where those are like the only time in which I would have ever seen those people would be at a dance. Um, and so that's just like a form of meeting people, I guess. And like Lucy said, I would have gone to those regardless, I think, even if I was public school. I mean, well, I guess I can't say that because if I was public school, then I wouldn't have like met any of you guys. So then I wouldn't have known about them. But if I knew that they existed... I think I would go to them regardless. But yeah, that, it's hard to know, right? To look back at the past and go, yeah. if this, if X didn't happen, then Y wouldn't have happened. And yeah, it, it you can go down those rabbit trails like forever and ever, just down the like, well, if this happened and then that didn't happen, and then it's like an endless sea of what could have. Yeah, well, and just speaking as like a parent, like you have to make all these hard choices and create these rules and boundaries based on mm-hmm. where you're like this is the best knowledge I have like this yeah. is what you know I feel really strongly about this is what feels super important to me and I hope I don't ruin my children in the process <laughs> I hope I don't I mean, ruin their lives that's you know? what you can hope for yeah yeah and whether that's homeschooling or social media or rules about dating or whatever it is right like if whatever rule that I've come up with, it's always kind of this gamble. I feel really good about this. It feels right. Let's just cross our fingers and move forward from here. You know, it's kind of fun that I'm the oldest in our family. So some of the rules like regarding like dating and other socialization, things like that are all kind of created around like what happens to me (laughs) because I'm like the oldest. So they're like, oh yeah, we, I'm like, I asked about something and they're like, oh yeah, we've never had to handle that before. Uh, be right back. We'll make up a rule. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's this before lucy's not the oldest in our family and we still have to do that because different things happen for every kid you know even younger siblings and what you have lucy mm-hmm. it's like oh nobody's done this until till this point okay quick we got to go have a conversation to figure out how yeah, we're gonna we figure out what's the new rule about that that we just had to create just now yeah yeah <laughs> it's it's very exciting sometimes Okay, sorry. So I was just going to say we talked like a lot more about dances in depth earlier. Um, And a little bit, Lucy, you talked about how um, for a while there you didn't really tell people that you were homeschooled. You're like, I go to this, you know, boarding school you've never heard of before. Poetry is amazing. That's really cool. I remember we would talk and I would say, have you ever thought about looking up when was this poem written? And who like what was going on in their life when they wrote it like all these things that are like literary analysis kind of things to help you understand like what did this word mean when he this poet was using it like did it mean the same thing as it means now I remember that because I was trying to figure out what the heck they use the word atoms and like I'm like did they even know what atoms were and then you told me that and I went and found out they just thought it meant small things 
So probably actual like atoms made out of protons and electrons and whatever else were named after the word for small things. Yeah, interesting, huh? It's That's so fun. It's been fun to watch you be very scholarly about it, but it's even more fun when you teach the poems to your four-year-old brother and he memorizes them and it's you know so that I love that. It's very cute. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. Especially at dances, I've been like really upfront, which has been kind of funny because a lot of the time dances sometimes are just real awkward anyways because like no one really knows what they're doing. <laughs> and so like sometimes I'll be dancing someone and their only topics will be um if I'm in any sports if what school I go to and what ward I'm in and I'm not a part of the you guys' church so I'm not in a ward I don't go to a school and I'm not in any sports and so like half the time all the com I mean all like the conversations I'll have when slow dancing with someone will literally just be like so what school do you go to like oh I'm homeschooled uh are you in do you play any sports like no, I don't play any sports. Oh, uh, so what ward are you in? Like, oh, my friend invites me, my, invites me to these. Like, I don't, I'm not in a ward. And then they're like, oh, okay. And then it's just like awkward silence the rest Aww. of the time. And so I got, I got kind of tired of that. And so the last couple dances, every dance that, um, that I danced, I guess, um, every dance I participated in. I always would just be like, hi, my name is Zoe. I'm not in a ward. I don't go to this church. I'm homeschooled. Do you have any more questions? (laughs) And and a lot of the time, literally, they'd be like, uh, no. And then we'd just not say anything for like three more minutes till it was over. Uh, (laughs) Did that make you feel better to feel like I'm just going to clear the air here? Like, did you? Yes. Okay. Well, if you're happy then there you go that's funny i was like these are uh, this is according to my experience exactly the questions that they ask every single time so i'm just gonna say my answers already and if they have any more questions then great we can have an actual conversation and if they don't then they don't and i dance with someone else and i never see them again all right it, well if it worked and you're happy you know like and you're obviously like it's like a sorting hat you're just sorting the people who's going to be able to make a conversation knowing all these things right up front yep that's awesome lucy you said you had a story oh yeah it wasn't on dancing at all but um i just i sort of wanted to mention how much i like poetry just because it's like a big part of my life um and largely that's because when i learned how to study poetry I I realized that I could study other things that didn't make sense or were link like worded weird um I first found I first like really got into poetry but I just found this old poetry book on our shelf and I started reading it and the first poem I read was one of my favorites ever because you had read it to me when I was a little girl that was Daffodils by William Wordsworth I'm pretty sure it's William yeah. Wordsworth <laughs> um and so I read, that was the first one I flipped open to. I'm like, oh, that's so special. And then just like read a lot of other poems. And a lot of them were kind of bad or really funny or didn't make any sense. But I just was like really intrigued by it. And I just didn't stop reading it for like an entire year. And I haven't really ever stopped reading poetry since. But it was just transformation, a transformational moment for me because then I could, I 
I wanted to know what those things meant. So I would just sit there and think about them and like write notes on the side and like compare it to other things I'd read. Cause I just like, I don't know why, but I really wanted to understand it all. And then when I was reading like maybe in the Bible or other scriptures, I'd be like, Oh, I just don't get it. That I would start like thinking about it like it was a poem and all of a sudden I could figure it out and like relate it to myself. And I was like, that was just so cool just now that I can do that. And then the more I read, the more I understood them without like trying super hard, depending on when it was written. Um, but yeah, it just was really an important part of my life in these, like in 2018 until now. Well, cool. This was really fun, you guys. Yeah, it was really fun. It's fun also just to get to talk to you, Zoe, because now I never get to talk to you because the world I is... I know, it's it's so sad. <laughs> yeah. This is like when all the um, the oldest children of the people that went to Teen Nights like, could drive themselves, and so then the mom stopped going, and that was a very <laughs> sad night for me because talking to the moms is like my favorite part of like I mean not my favorite part but like a highlight of all the teen nights I've went to are all like I get to just sit there and listen to all of the moms talk about whatever they're talking about we have great community of like women in our homeschool group and our like friend groups yeah no I'm serious (laughs) yes you are the awesomest (laughs) that was a joke (laughs) the bestest the bestest nope you guys are the bestest aww now we're getting all gushy (laughs) Yeah, yeah now I'm like, oh, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> well, on that note, we're gonna end. Thank you, Thank you guys, for being on today. This was another episode of If Homeschool Walls Could Talk, and I'm your host Jenny Han. And my wonderful guest today was Zoe Norris, who I love and adore, and my daughter Lucy Han, who I also love and adore. So, thank you for being on today.